In a world filled with intergalactic space battles, meta-human destruction on a global scale, and psychopathic serial hauntings, there's only one team who can make sense of it all. When your world is overrun with rampant pop culture, call Luminary Guardians of Geek. All right. Whoa, that's well, we got guests in the studio who are exposed to the explosion. <laughs> <laughs> we should we should probably have reined that in a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we, we should told them. Keep people safe in here. We're okay. Woo. We're okay. <laughs> okay they're fine. They're fine. They're okay. All right. So today we have a very special episode of Loop and Larry. This is episode 10, right? It is 10. Wow. We started at the beginning of the year. We're already at 10. We're it's in the double digits. It's crazy. Now we got a long way to go to 100. Yeah. <laughs> a long way. So today we've got uh, two great guests on today. We've got Jake Windat. How hey, you doing? How are you doing? I'm doing fine. We got James Biokowski. How are you doing? Good. What's going on, guys? It's doing. We're doing great. We got you guys are from Shockstock, which is uh, Canada's original and best horror weekend. That's right. Or as, or as we like to call it, the Spooky we, Pop Culture Weekend. Spooky <laughs> Pop Culture Weekend. <laughs> so we want to have you guys on because I think what you guys do is really cool. And if uh, London had like a pop culture scene and an underground sort of scene, I think you guys, to me developed it because there wasn't really oh, one unless you. Yeah. unless you guys were here because when I first started you know when I was in London and, and I do a lot of theater and stuff which is sort of a subculture of, of London but then y you guys are doing something so cool um, can you guys tell me some about your beginnings and a little bit about vagrancy films okay well yeah yeah sure uh, vagrancy films was um, was like a, it started in 92 as like a mail order company I used to sell like videos in the mail and then I had like a hiatus for a while. And then uh, a buddy of mine who unfortunately is uh, no longer with us, we had this idea around 2006, like we were walking around downtown and saw all these like dilapidated movie theaters. And we we're like, you know, man, it was so cool in London growing up. Like I used to see all these movies in the London Free Press that I was too young to see. And like, wouldn't it be cool to watch them in the theatrical setting? And that's kind of where the idea started. So we just like rented out a movie theater. Uh, it was the rainbow in those days. We got an yep. old yep. beat up 35 millimeter print. And uh, that's kind of where I met Jake. Jake was like our customer number one. He found out about it. And then uh, him and I started bonding over the years. And then, you know, we were doing two or three of these shows a month. And it went on for almost, you know, five, six years. And then we started to notice that there was conventions all around uh, the area, but nobody was focusing on the kind of stuff that we were into, like just like horror. They would put a horror movie section in a big kind of fan expo setting, but they weren't doing like the conventions that we'd see in the States where it's nothing but, you know, right. kind of counterculture and horror movies and stuff like that. So that's kind of where the original idea started. Yeah. Where, where we just were going to, you know, yeah, we actually, we, we used to do like uh, offsite events for, um, you know, the, the, the guys at fan expo and stuff like that. We would do like an offsite screening and we'd pair it with one of their guests. Mm -hmm. So they'd have a guest. We'd, we'd rent the print, find the theater and stuff. And then they'd have kind of like a screening hosted by them. And, it was mutually beneficial for everybody. And then one year we found a print of a movie, um, super rare 35 millimeter print of a movie called I Spit on Your Grave. Oh, and we tried to get the convention to book the star, Camille Keaton, to come to the show. And we're like, Booker, Booker, we got this print. It's going to be amazing. And they're like, no, we're not interested at all. We're not interested at all. So we contacted her on our own and we said, can we bring you in? You can be at our table, you know, signing and we'll sell tickets to the movie and, you know, we'll make it work out. And like what after like the first day, uh, the people from the convention came up. They scooped her away from us. And they moved her into the celebrity area and they started pushing it. She made like a ton of money, tons, right. tons of money. Wow. And uh, we looked at each other and said, "Why are we doing this for them? 
you know, and, yeah. that, and that and that's the other reason. Like we were saying, that, you know, why are we doing this for somebody else? Let's do it for ourselves. And then we decided London was the place to do it, and it was going to be, you know, we're going to make an event that's so wild and cool. And if you want to see it, you come to us. We don't come to you. That's I, great. I can I can tell you from personal experience when Loop and I were in college in the early '90s, <clears throat> we were both sort of into the grindhouse films. We liked that sort of era of, of films, and then we heard about what you guys were doing, and we started going to your screenings at the Rainbow and. We like we we had never experienced anything like this before. But when you guys were running your screenings, you weren't just going to a movie and just buying popcorn and sitting and watching a movie. Like this was a fully interactive uh, grindhouse experience. The way you would have you know experienced it probably in the seventies. So you know we were yelling at the screen. We were just ta- yep, talking right, to the actors right. up there. They couldn't hear us, but it didn't make any difference. Yep. And very and reactionary. Was, People yeah. chasing each other down yeah. the aisles. Yeah. And- the, the thing with the yelling is like we got in a lot of trouble in the early days because there were people that le- legitimately wanted to see the film like they didn't yeah. want it to yeah. be, and they thought that we kind of put everyone up to that but it, the whole idea was like we wanted cinematic freedom so we we would play this movie and then the, the yelling and everything just started on its own and then it just and then it started to just take on a life of its own and then we yeah. just it, then we really really focused on uh, the most authentic uh, presentation possible so we everything had to be 35 millimeter film which is which which i'm kind of bouncing all over the place but that's what really did us in in the end is when cinema went to digital uh-huh. that's right. when we it was more of that kind of took the air out of the sales more so than than the yeah. our, our, us not having interest in it anymore it's just we couldn't do the show that we wanted to do with digital we had to do it on film yeah. so the as you guys would probably know the film would break sometimes because <laughs> yeah. you know, you're playing some hot dog ad from a drive-in theater from like 1965 you know and like <laughs> there's like virtually no color left into it and uh you know the projectionist i would just like show up with like this giant tiger bag full of these trailers and clips and like go you got to make sense out of this because like we had no way to screen this stuff you know yeah, i'm getting yeah. these trailers from all over the world from collectors and, 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 and then sometimes uh, lee he would the wizard the guy up in the booth we called him lee the wizard because he did some crazy amazing stuff but i mean like there was some times where he 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 didn't know what he was doing he put the film on backwards so it'd be playing upside down or <laughs> yeah but, you know but I, mean? I feel like, like i feel like that's exactly what yeah. you would have gotten in the theaters oh, yeah. in the yeah, 70s exactly like, you know, out of order oh my yeah. god you'd be seeing people that were dead and then they were alive and <laughs> you were like you and we were and you're like what is going on here yeah, yeah. specific you know? frames were missing because we played a movie and we were when i got the print in the mail it was missing a reel so we just took a reel from another movie and put it on. <laughs> nobody knows Noticed. Yeah, nobody noticed. And, and if you haven't ever experienced this before, it might sound kind of ridiculous. Like you, you go, you want to watch a movie, so you want to see the whole story, you want to see the movie. But trust me when I tell you that this is the most fun way to watch these yeah. these B level or C level yeah. movies is to go and just enjoy the fact that it doesn't make any sense. Right. Yeah, <laughs> and they're was... so funny and they're not in order. And, and I mean, you mentioned the trailers, the trailers oh. themselves. That was are, my favorite part. I yeah. think the trailers, that was a, sometimes they would go we on had for 45 minutes. Collection. They just go on and on and on. Yeah. It, it we, the, the collection was insane. It's and uh, over, yeah. over a period of time. We've been lucky where we've managed to archive a lot of that stuff digitally. And oh. so, but we don't, you know, we didn't preserve it in terms of like trying to color correct it. And uh, those of know what the story is there, but it's just we managed out. We have hours and hours of this stuff archived on hard drives. So we kind of have our own little vagrancy party when we want. In the living room. We can <laughs> yeah. kind of relive that stuff. And then because uh, it, it's going to go and rot away eventually. So it's yeah. hopefully, hopefully that, you know. Is, is there like a culture, like you guys have this stuff digitized, is there like a culture of this like around the world or North America? Like, or, or are you guys sort of doing this on your own and going out and creating these libraries it, and stuff? It, no, no matter what, 
you're you, you're into, you always find like-minded people. And you know what? Like just the passion that we had for this stuff is what connected us. Um, even going into when we started running the events, running Shock Stock, is that's what connected us with some people. Like in uh, 2013, um, we managed to find a, a, a guy in uh, Sweden that was a into the film stuff, and he did a lot of the same stuff that we did over there. And he got us in touch with uh, Christina Lindbergh. Yeah, and we Swedish. we had her as a guest, and yeah, huh. and then Bankruptcy, we did a good job of getting the name out there. So even if you didn't know us personally, the name had some sort of credibility in the film, uh, mm-hmm. so people weren't as hesitant to call you back, and you you we got a lot of return calls because yeah. they, they've heard the name over the years in the cinematic circle, right? So yeah. it was, uh, and you'd have to like. We'd have to sometimes borrow prints from people and other collectors and everything else like that. So you kind of got to be straight up and crazy at the same time, and, and, <laughs> you know. And uh, so it, it helped us uh, build the build. We, <laughs> another funny story, actually. We we played a we we borrowed a print of a film, uh, a kung fu movie called Robotrix. <laughs> oh, oh, and. Uh, we wanted it was to like spice a cyborg it up. terminator. It was like movie. a it's cyborg a terminator. Movie. Yeah. We spliced some, let's say, questionable <laughs> clips in between the reels. Yeah, lead it, lead it. I didn't yeah. know. I was in the giant tiger bag. I didn't know. So it was on. Of, I didn't know it was on. In there. the middle of the film, it would cut to you know, other stuff. Other stuff. <laughs> right. And. Uh, and he totally forgot to take it off, and then we sent it back, and it played to, like, oh, some festival in Spain. <laughs> <laughs> so we always, to this day, wonder if, like, our edit of the movie got, like, screened at some prestigious A standing ovation. Yes! A standing ovation. I guarantee you that's we... probably been bootlegged a thousand times now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it, it was from another movie, but the clips were pretty seamless. They were pretty like, seamless. Other, other like, people, the like, content was like, It looked like a dream ooh. sequence because they kind of it would fade out, and then it would go. And then, and then it, How did you guys pick the movies, like, that you guys would screen? Like, because you guys must have a wealth of movies in your head of different things and probably a ton of research. And also, how did you find these like reels of these trailers? And yeah, the, it, the, the, it's hard because like there was uh, there's movies that we just couldn't find, and then once we kind of uh, sometimes they were a fortune, right? So some of these movies you'd play some Italian Mario Bava movie, and the guy like the producer would want like this ridiculous amount of money, and we 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 do the math, we'd never break even. So we try to focus on stuff that we knew would kind of make the audience happy. And, yep. and uh, we kind of took our own knowledge of cinema as that we knew most of the people hadn't seen the film, but because they'd been to other films in the past that we did, it, we were pretty confident that they'd enjoy themselves. Yeah. yeah. You know? and, and, and we used to go on, like, you can check out the Ontario Film Board back in the day. You used to be able to check the theatrical, uh, uh, like, listings for everything. And you can see, like, there's some films that, you know, there, there were no, no, no rights holders in Canada because they never screened theatrically in Canada. Hmm. So those ones, you know, at the time, I guess, were fair game, right? Yeah, yeah. So. And, and so how would you find them? Like, how would you find the physical reels? Uh, we would do yeah, lots yeah. of crazy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kate, literally capers. Like, we've done everything from driving into a guy's garage. Capers. And, you know, we, were, uh, we were walking down the street. <laughs> I can't remember where we were. We were walking down the street in Toronto, and this truck pulls up beside us, pickup truck. And the yeah. guy rolls down the window and goes, you, James? And he goes, yeah, and then the guy hands a, a, a garbage bag full of film out the window and throws really? it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? It was a guy I had talked to for about four years, and then finally it all came together, and I never even got. He, I didn't it was, even uh, know what was going to happen. He was a guy apparently that installed sound systems in movie theaters, and he had found a bunch of uh, clips from movies behind the screen in some cinema in Toronto. <laughs> and then he had found out about what we did, and he's like, Well, I can't use this stuff, but I know you guys probably can. So, with some stuff we were getting for free. We pay for it. Some of this stuff, we, you know, when the when the business was good, we paid a fortune for some of the stuff, and then yeah. you got yeah. to lowball it later on. But uh, you know, the collector's market on film is actually uh, it's pretty interesting. You can, uh, you know, people are willing to. Sometimes we rent. We would rent the movies from the studios, 
and then they just never asked for him back. Really? Yeah. Which is <laughs> pretty much how, And that yeah. actually happens Closer more. To that's the where end, all the trailers come from. Yeah. Because when you, get a, when you get a trailer, and I was around the rainbow enough in those days that I would see all the new trailers come in, and they would have documentation that would say, like, you know, this trailer must be returned. But because there's a, a onslaught of new titles every week that nobody's shipping the trailers back. So, yeah, right. they keep it in a box for six months in case somebody asks. But then after that, <laughs> we just start ransacking through all the trailers. And, yeah. and then, you know, and that's how that's how collectors end up with a lot of these 35-millimeter prints because there's there's one film, I won't say the name, but literally we were the first guys to ask for it since, like, 82 when it played. They knew that. And then I, I kept it in my office for, like, a year and a half, and then they never asked for it back, so I just sold it. Wow. Oh, that's wild. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> sold know. it for good money, too. But, like, I, <laughs> Well, I mean, I don't know. Like, yeah. it just I couldn't believe that nobody cared, right? Yeah. But, but and then near the end of the 35 millimeter days, like there's videos of this on YouTube. They were literally like taking a bandsaw to this stuff and yep. and shredding it. Oh, like, that's you know, wow. So, there's like, a, there's you know. a famous theater in Toronto too. It's gone now. It's called the Metro Theater. It was the last adult movie theater yep. in Toronto area. Yep. And we actually got into the basement of that place. Oh, and no. it was like a film catacomb. It was crazy. And yeah. they, they weren't keeping any of their material. Like you could oh, just no, take... no, he, he wanted top dollar for oh, every single yeah. oh, yeah. He was unrealistic. He knew what it was worth. He, right. he thought he was sitting on $20 million worth of film stuff. But, I mean, it's all in garbage bags. It's rotting. It's stunk oh, like uh, vinegar. It was just yeah. awful. But we were in our element. We loved it every yeah. second of it. Did we you get did, did you get some stuff from that. But, yeah. And apparently that archive's still there. But Wow. What are you going to do? The building's gone, though, so it must have moved somewhere. Do but uh, we had connected with a company uh, kind of keeping the flame in the U.S., uh, Vinegar Syndrome, who kind of is like uh, the criterion oh, yeah. of this kind yeah. of cinema. Yep. And they are they are releasing like some of the most insane stuff that we thought was lost, and they are mm-hmm. getting a hold of the original negative. So like, Yeah, they do the full restoration. They full give restoration. The, the, the oh, wow. Process really? Still and, on 35 millimeter? Yeah, they yeah. use all they, the They take all the negatives, and they scan it all into 4K, and they release yeah. it on Blu-ray. And, wow. Yeah. And, yeah. and they're with all the trailer reels and everything right. else like that. And uh, it's uh, they're a pretty good little uh, company keeping that kind of dream alive. So. Yeah. Did, did you guys ever get anything that you bought, and it w- was not the quality that you had hoped like you're like oh my god this is like awful the or only we as long as it would run that was <laughs> no, one, one, one time yeah. one time we we played a movie and uh i remember uh it was bill lustig's maniac oh and, oh that was oh. that was a terrible night the the, the print was cut like censored like censored oh, oh censored. so, so, so right at the beginning of the movie i don't know if you're familiar but right at the beginning of the movie there's like a, a clip that's like Bam. So then we're sitting in the theater. We sit down, the lights go down, the movie starts playing. And, and then as soon as we saw that that wasn't there, we kind of like backed out. Oh. <laughs> and we like hung out in the lobby of the theater for the rest of the night. We're like, I'm not going back in there. Yeah, we didn't know what was going to happen. Because that's kind of like the opposite of the Grand House experience. Like, yeah. You want yeah. those, those Maybe things. Maybe it's the guys that you sent the other film to that you added the yeah. stuff to. Yeah. 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 Like, okay, we'll get it back. back. We'll send you that. <laughs> the danger of that um, with getting films especially from Ontario in those days was Ontario was the worst censorship in yep. the 70s and Oh really? 80s. Oh the, oh everything was cut. Like that's why we were talking with this catacomb of film in, in Toronto. That's what I would keep on saying to this guy going like this stuff that you have yeah it's gold but it's the Ontario release like mm-hmm. it's it's not yeah. the version that's like the worldwide uncut like yeah. you're playing this Italian horror and, movie. And 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 also like on top of that like back in the day, you know, even the the late 70s early 80s is they would give a lot of freedom to the theaters as well and be like if there's something you know you preview this movie and if you don't like something you cut it out like if you don't think your audience can handle it you censor it yourself and really? guys are literally oh, wow. chopping yeah. parts out of movies and so just like the projectionist would just decide he yeah. didn't like a scene I feel and just, he's watching with the manager the the yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah just cut it out really it out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's crazy so. huh, well that explains why there's why sort of i guess grindhouse started is because yeah. you got all these chopped up movies that weren't 
making sense and scenes that didn't go with scenes right. and some people yeah and then there, there was other theaters like the low end theater chains that just wouldn't care yeah and they just throw it on they just play whatever <laughs> yeah that's awesome yeah, right. and, so, and some of these movies they were only striking like twelve prints so oh. that's why by the time you have to think like that life of that one print of that film like it had played in all over drive-ins all over everywhere and then yeah it, they tour it like yeah. uh you know i'm old enough to remember like you know jaws would still play at the mustang drive-in three years later mm. because yeah. everything but it was still first run the days before home video and stuff everything was like i'm watching thunderbolt and lightfoot or lightfoot with my dad and all these clint eastwood movies and they're already like six years old yeah but as a kid it, everything's brand new because yeah. it was all that's how the drive-in in those places work right yeah you yeah get the one new movie and then a bunch of old stuff yeah because not everyone got to see it first time around right so it was kind of pretty exciting so mm -hmm. that makes sense know. thankfully i was old enough to kind of get the tail end of that and then that's <laughs> so that's up. where that's where it all sort of began for you is just spending time in the drive-in seeing yeah, these things and london london yeah. had so many drive-ins in the 70s and independent uh movie theaters it was a great time to grow up and i i have pages of this stuff on my facebook page and you can't even believe that you know i mentioned it earlier the london free press london free press right beside a peanuts comic there's an ad for like the most insane stuff yeah. <laughs> I was playing downtown on like you know Talbot Street or something you're like what world are we in this, like this stuff even played in London like you can't yeah. even believe it right because it's uh you know but it, it did and that was just the days of, uh, of the, the the grindhouse you know so when you when you started it up again in the 90s right. did you like did you find that there was all of a sudden a resurgence like people were people going this I, I miss this like I, I want to be back into this yeah and when that Tarantino Rodriguez movie yeah, came out yeah. that's when it was really booming when right, right, we yeah. noticed as trailer collectors with the prices were going through the roof because everyone was kind of trying to do it at that point and trying yeah. to like you know every town was trying to replicate it was grindhouse that. chic it was yeah. grindhouse yeah. chic exactly <laughs> yeah absolutely and, and I think that's what hurt us a little bit too is that people started to go and enjoy themselves but then it became like um, the best way to explain it where it didn't change enough so if you're into the films, you'd go to all of our screenings. But if you're just like a casual person that maybe was taken there on your first date or something like that, you go, yeah, yeah I, went, go, to you a, get a couple I went to a vacancy show. They yell at the screen a lot. The movie kind of sucked. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's yeah. like it wasn't enough to keep it going longer and longer. It was like right. one of those things that everyone kind of did in the city during that period. But yeah. I, it wasn't, I don't know. You know. Yeah. Everybody, yeah, there's a, everybody would say that they went to one, yeah. but then you'd have a, you know, a core group that would be at every show. That would keep coming back. Well, we've that makes sense. We've joked because the, the Highlands doing a great revival right now, and they play some stuff, but, like, you know, the stuff that we showed is, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, you weren't, you weren't like, showing Jaws. We you weren't showing Jaws. We weren't showing Jaws. But I commented, like, I don't even know if today's audience of a 20-year-old, how they would even handle uh, Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, if we did, a, like, I teleported and I did a 2006 verbatim vagrancy show at the Highland, I think they'd probably run us. Probably the cops. State. Yeah. yeah, they have. Yeah. They were. They really. I don't think yeah. would be able to comprehend. I don't, I, I don't, I don't know, know about this hundred percent, but I. Don't I, I don't feel like um, people like kids today or kids today I feel like I'm a thousand years old. But yeah. I don't feel like the there's the access to those type of films right now. Like like even digitally. Like like maybe Shutter. Maybe like yeah. Yeah. yes and no. But yeah, there, there's a lot of stuff that like there's a lot of stuff that gets pushed to the front and there's like oh this is what it you know what it looks like. But then you at the same time then you also have all these you know, um, news companies that are talking about how bad all that stuff was, and they mm -hmm. look at the negative of it. They, you know what I mean? Oh, this this movie was ruined for me because of the language that they used, or somebody yeah. did a joke in this movie that was in poor taste, so now they can't appreciate it. But, I mean, like, you have to understand that this came from a time of full creative freedom, yeah. you mm -hmm. know, and it's not – none of those – are attacks on anyone. Nothing is meant to, you know, to hurt anyone. It's just, 
the when you didn't have so many safety regulations on the roller coasters, they were a lot more fun too. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's true. a good way to say but, it. But yeah. I mean, it, it really is. It's a it's a slice of film history. Yeah. Like this is a period of film. I mean, like film existed long before these sorts of movies were made, and it still exists now. This yeah. was a definite period of history. Like yeah. it's it's a shame that people aren't still embracing this because it i mean as people radical, still are like i mean, I, I mean yeah, yeah but again, not, not like to that not you know maybe level, not to it's not on the yeah. same level no i mean you, you do know? have like places like shout factory that's yeah. is still cranking out like blu-ray versions of these sort of yeah. grindhouse films which is nice i mean there is there are places legitimate places you can go and buy these things but you're not getting the same experience when you put a blu-ray a, you know a clean cleaned version with no yeah. scratches and pops right exactly. uh, into your blu-ray mm-hmm. player onto your, onto your you know lcd tv you know you got it it's the, to me, it's a theater experience. It is, yeah. and, and that's that's what made it so great. Yeah, and the, kind of the grimier the theater, the better. Like if you, yes. we <laughs> we went to one in Toronto. I, it may have been one that you hosted. I can't remember. And I, I think it was was it the Bloor Street Theater? I don't even remember exactly which theater it was. We, we walked some, in. We did stuff at the Bloor. Yeah. Okay, it's so probably we, one. Yeah. Of, I know it was one of yours. Yeah, but I, I don't remember which, it, which one. Yeah, and oh, it might have been Zombie or Zo- uh, Zombie was Two. Was it City of the Living Dead? That was um, at the Metro. That was at the Metro. No, that I don't think. I think it was that Zombie was the one where the guy was too. pouring the bleach down the aisle. <laughs> 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 he's walking down the aisles with two jugs of bleach and he's just dumping it. The, like a guy who worked there? Because the he got rid of the, the so awful bad. smells. Yeah, well, oh, so that's, that's what I was just going to say. This theater we walked into, yeah. as soon as we walked in, it smelled like urinal. Yeah, the whole place. Uh, may and, have been that show. And yeah, it, yeah, yeah, it might have been. And and ordinarily you'd walk into a place like that and be like nope I'm out see yeah. ya but you you know what you're getting like you know yeah. what you're gonna watch the on the street it's it's like, and the grimier the right. it is it's kind of the better the experience and, and there I was think, a guy in the front row of that screening smoking a cigar and the guy sitting behind him was like hey you're smoking a cigar in here can you put that out and he said you want me to put it out and he stuck it on the guy's leg he put it out on his <laughs> leg that's sort of what it is. And then the guy that wrote it, this is the MySpace stage, he yeah. wrote a review. He loved it. He loved it. He, he said, the guy, was... guy put a cigar out of my leg. He goes, I've never been treated like that. He goes, the most amazing experience i ever had. In <laughs> That's so crazy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it does. Like, it's not like when we're talking about this, anybody listening would be like, why would you do, why this? Would you do that? But it really, it's it's, it's a cool. completely unique experience. Yeah. Like, yeah, it really for is. Sure. You know, because you're also in a room with a, like, you know, a hundred other people who feel the same way. Exactly. So it's right. not like you're there by yourself screaming at the, and people are telling you to be quiet and, you know, it's not like that. Everybody's there to to experience what it was like back in the 70s when legitimate theaters were smelled like that and <laughs> ran cut up prints because they didn't know any better. Whatever, that's right. You know? Yeah, that's right. So, well, talking about like-minded people, let's talk a bit about Shockstock. Yeah, yes. because that's this is a place where people, all those type of people, come together. Right. I've been to quite a few of them, and it's definitely a, it's definitely a scene. Let's put it yeah. that way. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, it's you know what, all this crazy stuff that we've been talking about that, that happened at these screenings. This happens all weekend at Shockstock, so <laughs> it's it's definitely. But again, like it's all from a place of love. Everyone there is just yeah. happy to be there, happy to be around like-minded people, and uh, yeah, it's a fun. You know, wild, crazy time. We've got tons of vendors. You meet celebrities, get autographs, photos. And then um, we've got screenings happening all weekend long as well, and both, you know, some independent movies, new stuff. And uh, and then we've, you know, this year we've got a classic uh, Grindhouse style screening as yeah. well. That's awesome. It's guys... playing right on film. We got an actual. It's oh, that's awesome. That's fantastic. <laughs> How did you guys start Shockstock? Because it seems like something that's like it'd be a bit risky to start. Like, yeah, I mean, well, it goes into two things. One, one was what we discussed before about doing the show in Toronto and then looking at ourselves and going, why, why are we booking a guest for another show and they're making all the profit off it? They're making yeah. a ton off of this. Yeah. You know, we could be doing this for ourselves. So then we kind of looked into it and we hummed and hawed. And then um, a, a good friend of ours who's 
um, kind of like a, a silent partner, and he's one of the, the judges for the for the festival and stuff, uh, which is Bob, Bob Larson from uh, Bob's Ultimate Meats. And he, Bob's Ultimate Meats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, uh, he messaged us, and he was like, hey, I was talking to this guy, and he wants to do a horror convention at Gibraltar, and we know the guy, and he was a he's a terrible, terrible human being, a con man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even. I'm not even kidding you. And he was like, you know, oh, he's he's having a meeting with the with with. Not that you got to be clear. No one at Gibraltar. The person that was trying to organize. The person the show. that was trying okay. to organize. He's oh, trying. Okay. And then he's okay. saying, so I, yeah. I want to do this show at Gibraltar. If if you guys will give me, I think it was fifteen thousand or something. Yeah, give me fifteen thousand dollars, and I'm going to do this big big convention. And I'm from Toronto, and I worked with all the best right, in Toronto. Right. And we said, dude, don't do that. I said, you don't. We could do it for a thousand dollars. It doesn't take fifteen thousand. You just got to, you know, you he's he's taking you for a ride. And then he said, okay, and then he gave us a thousand bucks, and we didn't know what to do after that. <laughs> so what we did do is we paid a deposit on a venue, and then we had a place, we had a date, and then we just we went with it. We had used our contacts, we talked to all the people because we used to go to all these shows in Toronto, and we talked to all of them and said, hey, you guys want to get on board? We're going to try something risky, and uh, you know, it's the same thing. Everybody was there for the same reason, and so they all said, yeah, let's give it a shot. And uh, the first year, you know, was. Was 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 rocky road, but yeah. everything went off without a hitch, and doing it ever since. We're getting close to ten years. Ten yeah. years, and do you, wow. do you do it more than once a year? We do it once a year um, as the actual event, and then off and on we'll end up doing like a small version inside the the Comic Con in the fall. Right, right, right. So yeah, but, and so yeah, tell us about is... tell us about this this year's who who do you have coming? This year at Shockstock, we've yeah. got uh, well, we got a, a veritable smorgasbord of guests, <laughs> <laughs> um, both old and new. I mean, uh, if you're into the classic stuff, we've got uh, Felissa Rose from Sleepaway Camp. We got Kelly Maroney from uh, Night at the Comet, Chopping Mall. I'm pretty excited about uh, that, actually. <laughs> yeah, um, we got uh, Joe Bob Briggs, who yeah. is, is yeah. you know huge on Shutter, right, on oh, Shutter yeah. right now, and he and he's kind of again he's kind of you know made his living kind of doing what we were talking about too, where he was a, a, a horror movie host on TV, hosted yeah. movies, and he kind of you know not screaming in front of the screen, but he would interject at breaks and he would talk about the film and kind of you know rib on stuff a little bit, and that's making a comeback. So he's actually hosting a screening just like that. Oh, wow. At Shockstock, we're bringing in a film print, and uh, he's going to do that on Saturday night. That's really cool. So that's really cool. <laughs> um, as well, we've got uh, Tim Capello, which is the saxophone player, sexy sax man from Lost Boys. <laughs> that's right. And that so uh, he's going to be playing the sax. Tim has been insane. Yeah. Really? Everyone, Everyone, loves, like, everybody loves that guy. Uh, everybody. Like, like, I, got a, I got a 17-year-old daughter who's like, that's like the biggest guest. <laughs> yeah. She's losing her mind. She's and so he's going to play. He's, he's, he's playing play. all the way He's playing. He's playing on Saturday night. Um, for new horror fans, like we try to kind of diversify things. So anybody who's into the the new school of stuff, we also have um, David Howard Thornton, who is uh, plays Art the Clown in the new horror hit. I don't know if you've seen it. It's yeah, on Netflix yeah. now. Terrifier, Terrifier yeah. which is like incredible. it's yeah. an incredible movie, and he's he's kind of like the next horror icon. This generation kind of didn't have a horror identity like that. He's got a personality, and the guy doesn't speak in the movie, which is even crazier. He's like the new Michael Myers. Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. I feel like. <laughs> and, but he's amped up. He's, yeah. amped, he's Michael Myers for a new generation. So yeah. he's coming as well as Damien Leone, the director of the movie, is coming. Um, and yeah, they're, they're, they're coming down for the weekend. They're going to hang out with people. Uh, they got a Q&A. Uh, Damien's going to be doing a, a special makeup uh, effects demo that you can buy tickets for on Saturday morning, where he's actually going to put David into the full Art the Clown costume. Oh, wow. And then the two of them are going into the photo op room and you can actually get your picture taken that's with awesome. Art the Clown in full makeup. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, 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 yeah we got like lineup. various backgrounds of the film yeah. that you can kind of interact with them in. So that's that right. Be, and then we also, um, 
to, to keep going, uh, if there's fans of, uh, you know, music and, 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 and horror films and the genre kind of all mixes together. So we actually got coming in uh, from the, the metal horror group Guar, the metal group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got the manager, Sleazy P. Martini, who's a, who's a huge <laughs> character. Will he, will he be in full? He's going to be, yeah, full. he's going to be, awesome. be there. So you can meet Sleazy P. and you can, you know, <laughs> talk about the uh, glory days of Guar and how they, you know, they killed people on stage and all that stuff. So it all meshes in. He's doing a costuming workshop as well. Oh, nice. Um, so, yeah, you can learn how they build that stuff. Super cool. And then lots of indie guys. We've got, uh, you know, Bill's Above, indie director. We've got uh, putrid Matt Carr. The, he's an art artist that works in Deep Red Magazine, heavy metal covers. Uh, who else we got? Michael Maggot's coming. Um, the girls from the Witchfinger Horror yeah. Podcast oh, are yeah. going to be there. Yeah. And they're very popular. They're doing a special show on Friday night. And um, Maurizio from Goblin. From kinda the, here oh, yeah. Year. He's, he's, he's one of our best, you know, he's our best bud, but he's actually going to jam with us on Saturday night, too. Oh, Just cool. for people who haven't heard, explain who Goblin is. A Goblin is a, like a progressive rock band that started in the mid-70s. They're uh, primarily known for doing soundtracks to yeah. horror movies. They did Dawn of the Dead. Uh, it's yeah. probably the most well-known in uh, the Dario Argento soundtracks. They, they were uh, most associated with him in the 70s as well. So like Suspiria? Did they Suspiria, do Suspiria? Suspiria, Deep Red, Deep Red and all yeah. those ones. Oh, wow, like that. that's cool. So, and they're still active to this day. They actually got a, a new they got album, a new album, that's new album a, coming out. Yep. And, He's uh, bringing a few copies of the new album that uh, is exclusive to Canada, actually. Wow, uh, that's the first I heard of that. I'll be swiping that up myself. Yeah. <laughs> Vinyl's red hot right now. It is. That yeah. is awesome. And and you've got like traditionally like a traditional like a traditional Comic Con. You've got vendors and people oh, can yeah. purchase and Tons posters and all kinds of swag and stuff like that. Absolutely, and some of the most unique and original stuff. Like I mean, and, and, again, like you know, not knocking on you know all these Comic Con guys, but like the the horror. Uh, vendors and the horror artists, they always, I don't, I don't want to say that they have something to prove, but they really stand out. Like they really go the extra mile because, you know, horror in, in the, the melting pot of pop culture is always the underdog. Right. Right. So these guys really bring out their, like they're super talented and these people really pull out all the stops and, you know, and I stress this enough whenever I'm on, you know, radio shows or talking to people is you don't need to be a, a fan of like blood and guts and like scary movies and stuff to come and enjoy the show just because you get to see a different perspective on things. It might be a dark perspective, yeah. but it's just extremely unique, super talented and, you know, amazing stuff. Do you find uh, now with the resurgence of uh, like Stephen King reboots like yeah. it and Pet Cemetery that the horror genre is becoming more popular like people are sort of embracing it more than ever before I'd like to hope so yeah it definitely yeah. goes through peaks and valleys but yeah. I would yeah. say right now we're at a peak it's definitely yeah. right oh yeah it's exactly you're seeing right you're seeing again. horror movies taking the top spot on the box office and yeah. stuff you know, you know in between you know when the superhero movies and come out. And we see the, the messages. I mean, you know, not, not to be sometimes, the amount of messages we get are, are from yeah. a whole new, new. Uh, we like we, we always have our core shock stock base. Those are the fans we can count on. Yeah. They're the friends that even go back to the screening days and things like that. But yeah. we're, we're seeing a lot of new people, which Yeah, is you get a great. lot of questions yeah. on the website. Oh, oh, how does this work? How does this work? And we're like, what do you mean? How's it working? You're like, oh, you you're new. Like, you know, there's a lot yeah. of new people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have right. to like, yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah. And, but I mean, like, that's never a bad thing when you no. have people asking yeah. questions. Always good for us. We love it. We love it. Bring new people in. You know, bring your kids. Yeah, we got actually yeah. on uh, the Saturday morning. We've got a kids spooky. Uh, it's called Weird Science, a science show for kids, and that's included with the mission too. And and that's what's cool about this show is that it's not. I mean, it is sort of subculture and horror, but it's not for hardcore horror and graphic horror fans. It's literally for family. I mean, it's, you, yeah, you welcome fun. kids in. I yeah. mean, it's not. It's fun. Yeah. I mean, some of the screenings aren't yeah. appropriate for kids, but I mean, a parent can can 
you can t- you know say okay we're not going to go to that movie yeah. or we're you, you know oh don't look at the stuff on this table like yeah. it's not it's 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 all within the parents power they they let the kid hold the remote when they're on the Rogers box like uh, yeah yeah but, yeah the one true. thing I think is really cool about this because you used to do it at Centennial Hall and I know you guys did, always did stuff at night and around like right. as a festival but the um, I love how you have it's in a hotel at the Ramada. Right. And, I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah. Yes. And and you guys, it's like an all night party. Oh yeah. Which is cool. Like it doesn't. Like I haven't been to it, but like, but it looks really wild. Yeah. Uh, and let me just clear. Like we are the the kind of the the, the guys that you know organize the show and stuff like that. But like we take it the extra mile. So Friday night, you know, I'm busting out the karaoke machine and I'm running karaoke. <laughs> After karaoke. We close the the bar room and everything. The bar closes on on site. There's another room off to the side. James is pulling out his vinyl collection, spinning records all all hours of the night. Like, we're not just, you know, taking your ticket money. Like, we're running a show. Like, we're here to entertain you guys. And yeah. We're we're, we're yeah. pulling the all nighter Friday, <laughs> and that's what we call it, the all nighter Friday because it's it's a it's all night. If you want, if you know what I mean. If you want to go up to your room and take a slumber time, nappy time, that's fine. But if you want to party. We're here partying with you. <laughs> and I think one of the coolest things that I noticed this year is you've got uh, Railway City yeah. on yep. board, who actually has like a Shockstock beer. Yeah, Shockstock yeah. beer. They sell it at the bar. Yeah, <laughs> that is you, so cool. So yeah. you get there, everything Shockstock. Shockstock beer. You know, and there's you know, you buy a T-shirt. You get a. Last year we were giving out sailor hats. Everybody was <laughs> the, walking around wearing yeah, that's sailor right, hats. That's right. The hotel being on board is like the most important thing now because like it's funny. Ironically, we looked at the Ramada when we did show number one. Yeah. yeah. And I I was like, no, this is too small. We're gonna. We're gonna sell out the Rogers Skydome. We're, we're so we're like we're gonna be good. You know, dream and then, big. You then dream after big. that humbling first year, we realized like no, no, no. And then we we stayed downtown because everyone wanted to stay downtown. And what what started happening is for whatever reason we'd always try to do it in the spring because you don't want to ever risk the winter, especially when you're transporting right. guests and things yeah. like that. Yeah. That's like flight cancellation nightmare. And you can't so, go yeah. too far into the summer because there's other shows. And right. then yeah. that's right. what we started encountering. We started to go head to head with some event that's in downtown at the same time and unfortunately it was they closed the roads off. Which I don't get... think even exists anymore. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, now yeah. the roads are kind of always in that. But yeah. So we decided to, you know, and reluctantly so, yeah, to we... go out to the highway because, uh, uh, some people complain a lot that we're in London and it, they, it's so easy just to bop off the 401 mm-hmm. and be right there. Right. Yeah. Uh, it, we kind of lost, unfortunately, that Richmond Row vibe that the guests like. But it, once we had everyone at the hotel was kind of there, yeah. like you, you know, created your own vibe. Me yeah. too, yeah. being like one of the promoters. Like uh, I, I always would joke, I would spend 10 minutes at Shockstock because I was constantly involved with the celebrity aspect of everything. Mm-hmm. And it's like somebody needs something back here and I'm constantly like a like a figure eight driving around all day long. And yeah. now, oh, now oh, you mean you're working. Totally working. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, that's what I mean, it's called. But not, okay. Yeah, but you don't but yeah. once now they're in the building, yeah. I'm kinda like Yep. My hands are clean. Yeah, like, exactly. when, you when know, everything all... you need is down the hall, it's, yeah. it's way better. It's probably easier, too, for people coming traveling, like from the States or from, from Toronto, come right off of 401. And there's a McDonald's right there, too. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, there's can... a restaurant right in the hotel as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they we can stay there. Yeah, they, you can stay there. We, we, we actually made it super easy because yeah. now what you can do is you can actually buy a package um, online where you book your hotel room right through us, through the convention. And uh, it includes your passes. It includes your, you know, two nights stay, and it's one price. It's a little, you know, it's cheaper than if you were booking it online yep. uh, through the hotel. So you save money, and it makes it super easy. And then also that we we know that, uh, you know, everybody that's coming into the hotel that weekend is there for the right reasons. They're there for the party because yeah. you don't want any surprise people. You don't want any, you know, 
kids uh, soccer team showing up and right. down the hall. Yeah, it, no, that's it, not a good scene. It's not going to yeah. happen. So yeah. which, take, which does happen now in other shows that we've been yeah, going to as we've well. We've been going so. to other shows and they're like, oh, yeah. it's quiet time now because there's yeah. you know there's a wedding party down the hall. Yeah, and they're they're no, trying to sleep and, and you're like, mm-mm. So yeah, the Ramada's been fantastic. Yeah, that's, we love that's them. awesome. And, and how do you guys pick your guests for these shows? Because I, I sometimes I some there's, there are some guests where I'm like, how would you even think of this person? Like right. where this like you know where this person come from? Yeah, I mean part of it is uh, just availability. You know what I mean? We always put the feelers out. We say, oh, you know, so and so around, so and so around. We we listen to the fans a lot, as we were saying with uh, with Tim Capello from Lost Boys. A lot of fans were asking for him. Um, you know, because you don't see him at too many shows. Yeah, uh, and that's another thing we like to do is t- to get guests that aren't frequent at other shows you know what i mean like as much as it's great to get you know the same you know oh we got my freddy krueger every year freddy krueger freddy krueger and then there's places in the states that do that the same guests every year and they're huge guests and they pull a big crowd but at the same time like we can't i don't think london can maintain that i don't think canada can maintain that right Right. we don't have that giant uh, demographic to to pool into so we keep try to keep it fresh We 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 keep you know, looking for guests that again aren't available elsewhere. Um, guests that you know are such a, a interesting or rare appearance that people will come from uh, out of the area to come see them. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, and, and that's that's what we do. And a little bit is our own personal tastes. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah we, but also too, I, I, it's important to um, we've worked with some people that kind of kind of hurt us a little bit because mm-hmm. you have this perception of what they're like. Uh, I won't yeah. name names, but after the weekend's done, you're like, oh, I'm glad that that wasn't what I thought it was going to be like. Yeah, right. And I've yeah. been doing it long enough now to pretty much gauge what a guest is going to be like within yeah. five minutes. Yeah. And, yeah. We, and, and we've and, got actually, and, yeah, we've we, got a guest, uh, well, Felissa, Felissa Rose from Sleepaway Camp. She's been at our show, what, th- three, four so times? This is probably her fourth time. Fourth yeah. time. Yeah. And she is like an ambassador for us where she'll she'll actually go, you know who's going to come down and have fun? So and so and so and so. Let's let's get them on board. And we just, we trust her judgment. And she brings, she'll she'll talk to her friends. And go out to other shows and go. This show in Canada, Shocks like is the best. You got to come down to this show. And then they come to us and they go, "Hey, we heard you got a really good show." Yeah, yeah. and that awesome. is true. We do get contacted more throughout the year. Like we're constantly contacted by managers and celebrities. That yeah, want, yeah. That, that hear about us. They want us the to show. book their guests for the show. So oh, that's, that's cool. so that's that amazing. gets easier as it goes along. Yeah, where and, we and had you guys like, have been around for long enough too. That right, you know, yeah. people, ten, ten years in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. And we always keep on our promises. Like we aren't. We aren't shady. We aren't, you know, pulling anything back on people. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. and plus, you guys are fans. Like, yeah, you're fans of this yeah. stuff, no, so you're exactly. going to want to treat the people who you want to see properly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, exactly. so they'll, they'll and, keep coming back. And now, there's other shows that you guys, you guys do research, obviously, and you go other. Is there a show? Is it Cinema Wasteland? Is that what's called? Yeah, yeah. Cinema Wasteland. In you guys, you guys, I always see you guys in the states drinking beer and <laughs> and like partying. I'm like, where yeah, are these guys show, in front of uh, hot dog stands? I'm like, what's made, going on? I made no apologies, and Jake had been enough to him to. That was the kind of the show that we tried to like kind of emulate. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh yeah, we totally. Which is fine because you you know you. Yeah. You, you gotta start you somewhere. Take something, yeah, yeah, you yeah. change it and you it's, make it your own. You know, I'd heard about the show for about five years, and I kind of same thing when I finally went. I couldn't believe it. I was used to like fan expo yeah. type of crowds, and I was like, "What?" It's like tailgating. I just came. Day. I just drove six and a half hours. I'm in a parking lot in the middle of yeah. <laughs> nowhere in a Holiday Inn somewhere. But it didn't really matter because the people no. kind of like you know, and we were so inspired, and we still have so many close friends. Yeah. To this day, that even some like guests and stuff. Same the same thing. Like are people like. Uh, uh, Bill Bills above, who's a guest at our show. Um, Matt Carr, Putrid Matt. He's he and those guys are guys that we met at the show. That I mean, 
even sometimes I don't think they were even guests. They were just there hanging out. Just and hanging now out. they've they've made names for themselves and they got a career going. We go, yeah, come on up and do our mm-hmm. do our show. But I mean, like it's like you were saying too, it's different in, in down in the states in Ohio because there's there's tailgate yeah. laws. You can you can you know crack open a case of beer in the parking lot and sit there and drink it. Well, and, we do have Ford now, yeah, so yeah, that, may, goes. that may be a <laughs> time next year. You may be <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but, yeah, in the states is a whole different monster. There's yeah. a show every weekend somewhere, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. These guys will travel. Like we'll we'll see the plates like. You know, Kentucky, Virginia, all over the place. Like they drive like nothing. Mm-hmm. Where you know we're yeah, really, really against a lot of people. If they're not local, they don't want to go. Right? It, yeah. That's kind of hurts us a little bit sometimes. Yeah. It's like Toronto, Toronto. Why would why would you go to London? We're from Toronto. You know. It's, yeah. It's like, yeah. Everyone, but, but, every you know, year we always get requests. Come to us. Why Why don't you guys do a show in Toronto next year? Yeah. Why don't you do it in Toronto next year? So now we 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 have a chartered bus that goes from Montreal to Ottawa. To Toronto, yeah, to, to yeah, people yeah, we started. Yeah. Do we have a shock stock we bus. We call them out on it. We go. That oh, is like the coolest thing I've Seriously. ever heard. Yeah. yeah, they play horror movies on the bus, and you, you get. Can you up can it. you catch the bus here and just do the tour? Because I wouldn't mind riding <laughs> the be, bus. Maybe we'll do it. Maybe <laughs> that's when we go back. You're gonna have to yeah. figure out how to you get can back, go back to Montreal. Oh yeah, that's really cool. So we we did that this year, and we said, okay, you guys, you know, now you've got no excuses, and the tickets are super cheap. It was like seventy nine bucks return. What round trip from Montreal? You can't even buy a Greyhound for that price. Yeah. That's great. And the party starts there. Like it's That's fantastic. Yeah, wow, you so. got you got this thing down. I just hope <laughs> I just hope like when the bus pulls in, like we this is the first year doing the bus thing, so I just hope when we pull in the, the, the driver's not gonna be like, Okay, you gotta get a bucket and Yo. Oh and, man, and yeah. get some clean, yeah, get some mess totally to clean true. up in there. James don't have to go back to work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah What's the craziest story from Shockstock? Like something that's crazy that happened in, in the ten oh, years that you can say on here? Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you can. Well, the earlier days we used to we used to go to the Station Park Hotel. Yeah. Was called this, and they we would yeah, sell a lot of rooms out for that, and they would comp us the their notorious what we call the twelve oh one suite. Twelve oh nine. Twelve oh nine. Sorry, yeah. it's been so long since we met. Twelve oh nine suite, which was hilarious. Like one time, I was uh, in the elevator with a bunch of people trying to be dentists, <laughs> <laughs> and they were like looking at me, going, and "I'm like, where are you going?" And they go, "Where are you going?" I go, "I bet my hotel room's bigger than yours," and they don't believe me, and I open up these massive double doors. There's like a million people in there. <laughs> and I take them over to the bar and like give them all a bunch of free beer that we got comp from somebody and they all leave. But like those parties in those days, like I remember yeah. one time, like I was in the corner like by a plant and I think I counted 230 people in a hotel room. Or wow. Something. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, it because was, we, we, we didn't have a whole hotel to take over, right? So, yeah. we, just, so yeah. we just had that one suite and it was like, the, they call it the Prime Minister Suite or something. Yeah, it's yeah, such yeah. a beautiful room. Yeah. And we <laughs> oh, just no. packed it full of people. It had its own bar. There was a bar so we had people set up behind the bar just pouring drinks, 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 <sighs> and just... <laughs> and nothing ever got broke though. No, it was no, like everyone was respectful. super respectful, but yeah, there was yeah. a million. But people you'd like there. look around, you'd see like uh, you know Claudio Simonetti, uh, you know on on the couch the guys from Goblin, guy, yeah, another guy from Goblin, right from Italy, and he's talking. You know, he's got his arm around a few people, and he's chatting it up. And you look in the corner, and there's like you know Joe Pilato from Day of the Dead, and he's talking about architecture, and oh, he's wow. talking about Boston, yeah. and he's wow. drinking. And then yeah. you, Joe, uh, you know uh, what's his name from uh, Night of the Living Dead, one of. The, he, uh, he was he's sitting at the bar, you know, order him another round. Oh, John Russo, and, John Russo, yeah, beers and like they're yeah, yeah. yeah. And they're, everybody's yeah. just hanging out and having a great time. And like, uh, again, like that's kind of where we got our notoriety, I guess, too, yeah. in, in terms of like the show being so wild. But now that we're in the hotel, like it's like that all the time. Yeah, that it's like that all the time. The party like, of the century. The, the show right number one, it was the Ladies of the Evil Dead. Yeah, and uh-huh. uh, we talked to them, and I had to go to. 
Uh, I won't say which one, but I had to go to her, her sister's house in Michigan to pick her up because she was just at a wedding. Oh, yeah. And then I get the other two, and then I was like halfway back into Canada. We were driving from Detroit, and I kind of built a little bit of rapport with them at that point. And I was just like, you know, I just want you to know, like, if I was 15 right now, I wouldn't even be able to process <laughs> what what's happening. You know what I mean? And I, so that's, surreal. I kind of feel like I, I, I beat myself up over that. I feel like I'm a jaded jerk sometimes. Like I just, but cause we know these people now on a personal level. Yeah. yeah. And I'll go through my phone sometimes and I'm looking at my contacts of these people that were my idols and stuff in the 80s. Yeah. And it's just, it's, I feel so blessed that it's crazy. But yeah. it's, it's like, it's because we spend three days with these people. Yeah. yeah, you yeah. Time and we become them and you like, we, with them. you actually feel like they're little, like uh, Diane Thorne from the Ilsa films, like still sends my kids like presents wow. for their oh, wow. birthdays and everything and she'll oh, yeah. call us she'll call us and just to, to shoot the breeze when yeah. she's bored That's and amazing. I'm like this is this is like <laughs> this is an icon wolf. yeah I call yes. it talking to me on like uh, just on a random Tuesday wow. you know it blows my mind yeah. you know you know well speaking of speaking of how you felt when you were in your teens and your younger years right. why don't we take a little uh, trip back in time and talk a little bit about uh how this whole VHS era started. Let's get in the car right now. This is our. Yeah. You guys haven't been in it yet. It's real. All right, I'm getting ready. It's real jarring. miles per It's a little nuclear, so we have to run away yeah. each time. Yep. Yeah. Jeez. There we go. Hey, running back to the studio. Okay. These okay. are high special oh. effects we use here. Yeah. Oh. Wow. It needs fireworks. Yeah. <laughs> so we are. We've gone back now to the early days of VHS, right. when Ooh. the whole this whole thing kicked off for all of us in this room, and probably most of you out there. Yep. Uh, when we were able to bring our favorite movies into our own homes and live our dreams in our living rooms. <laughs> so we just want to talk a little bit about what that experience was like for us, because. People nowadays, I mean, it's still there, but it's not the same. It's spoiled. not spoiled. Yeah, 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 absolutely spoiled. It was definitely a game changer to actually watch movies and things in your own home. Like at the time, yeah. I remember my dad buying a uh, fifteen hundred dollar yeah. like top loading yeah, VHS top loader, player because yeah. he was. We were one of the first people I knew that had like a VHS player because yeah. I know why he got into it really quickly. And you had to buy a membership to rent. Oh, like, yeah. it was like a yeah, hundred dollar. $200 yeah. membership. Yeah. And I think you got like a free movie. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah you got the free movie. Yeah. It's true. I, I just remember renting the machine and it came in the in the silver metal silver box yep. all wrapped up and then you'd get every kid in the neighborhood coming to your house because you'd rent like um, uh, like some crazy horror movie or I remember at the time renting um, uh, Monty Python's Meaning of Life. Oh, okay. yeah. So that would be pretty edgy for you. Yeah, yeah. Right? And all the 12-year-olds oh. coming to our house and watching this, I don't think the parents understood what was going on. No, nope, it was just a movie. Yep, parents didn't, didn't care. And, but it was like that was a huge event. Oh, like, yeah. You know, it's a, Monster. Monster. Yeah. It's, yep. it's, uh, it's a thing that you know I've tried to expose my shoulder to, but no one will get it unless they live through it. I yeah. Yeah. But what were you guys like when the like the video storage? What was that to you guys? Well, I was a uh, single mom, raised by a single mom, my brother and I, so we didn't have a lot of money, so only the rich kids had the VCR. Right. 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 But I grew I went to West Mountain Saunders, and so when I was still in public school, uh Eaton's back in those days. Oh yeah, yeah. Had a little kiosk of like twelve titles on it. <laughs> yeah. But I would be I would love it. They had a VCR hooked up and they play Alien all the time. So oh. I'd go over to my lunch <laughs> store? and I'm watching the R-rated version of Alien all the time in my lunch. And as a kid, I'm like, this is the best. You know, it'd be a kid, a little group of kids huddling around. And then my mom got into the travel agency business, so they had a VCR to show uh, travel videos. And so yeah. she'd take the thing home on the weekends and then wow. boom. My brother and I just started going to town after that on uh, renting tapes. It was just, it was just, 
you'd watch the fog and you'd rewind it and play it again because you could. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it was just so groundbreaking that you could do that, right? And, and I remember could... watching movies multiple times. Oh, over and, 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 and the weirdest, like I used to remember, oh, yeah. I remember renting like Barbarian Queen and all these like yeah. Sword and the Sorcerer. And yeah. like, I was yeah. so into those like, those B grade like, uh, like barbarian yeah, movies, yeah, barbarian, <laughs> the barbarian yeah. twins or brothers. I don't know. There's oh, yeah. all these movies, and they were so awesome. And I'd like watch them again and again and again. Like it was right. just so weird. Yeah. It's a weird time period. Yeah. It was Jake. Were you this my is... first? Actually, my first memory. My dad was a uh, you know with a construction company and stuff. So he, you know, he, he, but he, he was, you know, modest guy. And he, you know, I mean, we weren't spoiled or anything like that. But on the weekends, he used to rent the laserdisc player. Oh wow! Oh, yeah. And you, uh, had, you had some big time entertainment. There. Well, yeah, we tried because he, because he, he, he would. Uh, there was like a furniture store or something that uh, he redid the furniture store and part of the payment they gave him like a you know a 48 inch rear projection TV which was like brand Ooh. new at the time and yeah yeah unheard yeah. of right so you get this crazy quality so I remember he he used to get bring home the laser disc player and one time it was I think it was First Blood Part Two and uh, my brother and I watched it like three times like in a row right you just watch it flip the disc watch it flip the disc, yeah. watch it so something happened and my brother like cracked the disc or something and Rambo was all stuck he was all jittering <laughs> and I still I still think about it in my and I still get a feeling in my stomach like right. that pit in my stomach like that fear yeah <laughs> but I think about that but then that was the last time we ever had a laser display in the house and then soon after um my dad uh got a vcr and uh, we started doing tapes and my mom would uh order from the columbia house oh, oh yes. god I didn't even start yeah. <laughs> and she was like and she was like what you know you guys fill out whatever you want you know get it from columbia house we did that for like a very very short period of time because it was expensive <laughs> Yo. you didn't realize how expensive it is no. those, those first 12 that you get for a dollar yeah yeah very yeah, yeah. yeah army of darkness and uh, <laughs> yep. i think dr giggles was another one that i got um and then what happened was after that we moved and we lived up in northern ontario and we lived on a re uh, on a reserve and my brother and i had to bike for like an hour and 45 minutes to get to like this little trailer at the at the end of the reserve that was like a convenience store yeah. yeah and we rented movies and we used to r write down on like you know scrap a paper or something give them a list of what they had to get <laughs> because we watched every movie that they had like wow. we just yeah. go all summer that's all we do because it was the same thing it was like a buck 50 or something like that to rent a movie so we just kept renting renting and renting, <laughs> renting so we started showing up with like you know here's a list and then you know the paramount had um full moon that used to do right. um the, the films, you know, I mean, Puppet Master, oh, and, yeah, you know, yeah. Trancers, and Head of the Family, all that stuff. And what they would do is they, they it was it was smart back then because it was like it was like comic books. So the movie would end, and then he would be like this little video magazine at the end where they'd tell you about like four other movies that were coming out. Yeah, you get you hooked, yeah. and then you'd be like, oh man, look at the trailer for this one. Oh, I gotta write that down. <laughs> yeah. And we'd like bike down, and we'd like, here you go, and like, give me this, and you know. But I mean, part of the part of the experience wasn't even just being in your home and watching this thing. It was actually going to the store. Yeah, it was the looking on the it show. A, it was an outing. You you yeah. could spend like an hour or more just wandering around the store, going from section to section, looking at literally every single cover. And that's those are the days when the cover art was cool too. Yeah, oh, yeah. You know, and, and and again, you know, not to jump back into to horror movies and stuff, but I mean, like back in the day, like Bandito Video, when it had like the oh, yeah. the horror movie section was yeah. like a castle with yes. gates yeah. and stuff, yeah, and it was yeah, like yeah. an experience. You know, like you know, you're looking up at these 
massive gates me. I'm like, oh man, like what's in there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you get in there, and then everything was spooky, and everything was crazy, and you know, like that—that that was part of the experience as well. You're right; it was yeah. it was 100. percent And the yeah. movies sometimes were absolute garbage, but the covers were wicked. Well, that's the thing, and they they sold you based on the cover because like, most of the movies that I used to rent, like I mean, Chopping Mall at the time, things like that, you right. you have no idea what was going on inside, like what the movie was about. Oh. It was literally only based on the amazing cover art. Yeah. And we've talked about this before. We we uh, we uh, reviewed the gate uh, a while back. Great. And it's a yeah, it's a fantastic movie. But uh, Loop had couldn't remember whether he had actually seen it when he was a kid until he saw the cover art. Oh, and then, yeah. and then, and then I was like, boom, yeah, it's back. The box that jogs the memory, right? Yep, it's yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah that, that those VHS days were like just uh, like that was all the entertainment there was. It, I, it, again, not, we uh, go to go back into Shock Stock again. Yeah, yeah. As I feel bad, I was talking about it, but at yeah, Shock Stock, to bring Stock Shock up. Yeah, shock yeah. Stock up yeah. is when we first started. Year one of Shock Stock was shock, it said Shock Stock uh, uh, subculture weekend and VHS tape swap because yes. we used to That's we really push the tape. About, yeah. and yeah. there still is to this day. There's still you know three at least three three or four guys that just They'll have just booths with tapes, nothing yeah. with tapes, nothing but tapes, crazy wild tapes that you remember from back in the day. And some of them actually fetch a really high price. They're very collectible now. Really, mm-hmm. is that Super coming back? Is is our VHS sort of rare VHS coming back again? Uh, oh yeah, rare, rare VHS. Yeah, it's kind of gone through a little bit of a. It, it, it uh, hit a peak, and now five it's years kind of, ago. Uh, yeah, uh, we saw we were at this cinema wasteland, and we saw this guy had re-released this horror movie from the early 90s one of these direct video things and like i never seen a guy stuff more money in his pants in a weekend yeah I we couldn't sell it for, have, i couldn't it understand for it from 40 the collectors. 40 dollars like, us per tape and he's just what? one after another like people lined up and he's just tape 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 really tape. really and, and we're yeah. like what is going on here and he like, said he traded the rights to the movie the guy who owned the rights to the movie he traded him a boat motor another. for the rights to the movie and then he re-released it and he put, <laughs> the guy made at least well i would say at least 20 grand Least, selling VHS copies. At one selling show. At one one show. show. Wow. Selling one movie on VHS. What, what is this kind of the, the collector wants that kind of oversized packaging, which they kind of got rid of. Yes. You know, so they got it got associated with only adult films uh, near the end. But yep. uh, when the earlier days, they were always in these big oversized boxes, which... Th- the stores hated because it took up so much room yeah. on the shelf. So there was like the, there was the regular like like um like it was the like paper. the plastic was a, the paper. Yeah, and then there was but like it the was plasticky. big, almost like a size of an eight and a half, but like it was like almost yeah, like, like a, a cereal box. Yes. Like, yeah. it took up so much space, and and then so the store would cut it, and so that's why a lot of those oh. releases are so so sought after because like nobody really thought to preserve it back yeah. in the day. They were just looking at it as something they wanted to rent. They for call six, it a cut box, six bucks each, and things like that, right? So right. you know, and and you know, myself included, I got rid of tons of stuff over the years for that I never, I never would have thought. Like I was yeah. huge into laser. I didn't never thought all the stuff on VHS would hold its value. No, and now well, even like vinyl, like suddenly yeah, there's a resurgence exactly. now, yeah, right? Now everybody's like, everyone's cassettes, it's the, the cool cassette thing. To like, do. Yeah, audio cassettes, cassettes are yep. coming back. Cassettes are coming yeah. back now too. Everything yeah. old is my new nine-year-old again. son is a. He's, Crazy about cassette tapes. Right? Really? Yeah. That, I, just, I just bought a cassette on uh, Record Store Day, so I bought a Prince one that <laughs> right. that was released, and oh, it's like, like yeah. I was like really, it's like I'm like I'm buying like a twenty five dollar cassette. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. it's do you like, have yeah. Do you even have something to play it in? I didn't even open it. I'm like, yeah, it's like, it's it That's what I think a lot of people do. They hope that they're going to be able yes. to flip it like uh, certain. Not even flip it. It's just it goes on the mantle, and it's like a fond memory. It's cool. Yeah. yeah. We have done certain titles of of that we put out on VHS to kind of cash in on that or hope to cash in on it. And I know for a fact, like we were using recycled tapes, so like the movies like. 
100 minutes and I'm like recording over some copy of Bambi that's 75 and oh. I feel like the ending's not even on the tape and like nobody ever reached yeah. out to us because <laughs> I, said, I said to Jake I go this just proves that they're buying this thing and sticking it in a collection yep. and showing yeah. the box art they yeah, don't even nobody's watching this thing like well, or, either or that they, or they're, the VHS player that they're playing it on the heads are all clogged yeah. and so the thing gets eaten they never made it to the end or anything else like that but remember back like the VHS was like a hundred dollars like if you had a store like did you say you worked in a store I know I worked in a distributor that sold to the store so I knew I was privy to what the actual pricing was yeah well, so and, give us give us the insight here and while you're you know I started in the late 90s so kind of like the water world era into uh right when DVD hit okay right. they, okay yep. they we kind of got out of it because we had to they wanted me to move to Toronto and I had a young family at the time and I wasn't going to move but I got to see you know how much those tapes went for you know and some tapes would come out at what they called sell-through pricing and those were usually the disney titles right or big huge uh blockbusters and things like yeah. that but the, they would like you know stores were trying to get 24.95 for them and, yeah. yeah and uh but uh, they would take these titles and and we could buy them in a 10 pack and we would re-shrink wrap them yeah. <laughs> and sell them to these mom and pop stores for a hundred. And when we bought them in packs, we were getting a price break from the studio. Right. And they would also throw in all the cool. We used to call them spiffs, and so I'd get like a Waterworld hoodie and a, like and, and yeah, a, that's Paramount, a Paramount a Paramount bag. But you get now that's yeah. that stuff. Oh, that's yeah. crazy. And, and Jake, yeah. Jake oh no, for sure it is. I Jake, just Jake the time. mentioned Full Moon when Full Moon had started. It was a subsidy of Paramount and. They, I was already known as this kind of crazy guy in my early 20s, and they go, well, we want you to be the Full Moon guy. And so every month, Full Moon would send me this like thing that looked like a pizza box from Detroit, a little square slice, and I'd open it up, and there'd be a screen, an advanced copy of the movie. Oh, awesome. Uh, all the cell sheets uh, with more of the trailers, like what Jake was saying, and then I'd get T-shirts and things like that. But again, I never thought, yeah. like, you know, because again, you're like, what wife is going to put up with a husband stacking and stacking that stuff? But <laughs> yeah. if I would have kept some of that stuff now, yeah. Oh, yeah. like unsealed, I know I could have flipped it for, you know, I see people selling oh, fortune. The, I see people yeah. selling all the mugs that we used to get, and mm -hmm. like I had a Fargo snow globe that you shook it, and there was a corpse in yeah. it with a, uh. you know, Fight Club soap, and, yeah, yeah. you know, it was oh, a whole so everything was a big it was, video was a big 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 business and yeah. everyone always looked at it as like i could make a fast buck you know and then kind of dvd came on over the years and what i had started to find in the late 90s i don't know if you guys remember the satellite direct tv was oh, yeah. this pirated satellite wild wild west oh, thing God, yeah, and, and yeah. that's what killed the country stores at least in this area yeah because they were competing with everyone who was getting a direct tv dish right and all that stuff was out and why would they rent it right so yeah. quality didn't matter it was all uh, who had it first yeah right yeah. and uh some people like were break street date i don't know like they, they put their copy of snow white out on tuesday and it wasn't supposed to be until thursday and you'd have a hotline you'd have to call like you oh know, my god it was, like, it was ridiculous yeah. and we used to get these faxes from the rcmp that i used to love they would tell you all the busts that they did in toronto like we busted a skit of pirated sleeping beauty in <laughs> chinatown or someplace and you laugh and laugh and then uh, but they would do these massive trade shows uh, yeah. that were, um, they would call them Focus on Video, and they'd have all the guests for free. Kind of like earlier conventions, but all the guests were paid by the studio. Yeah. So you got the autographs for free. Wow. And, yeah. uh, you know, that's where I first first met Fred Williamson, and somebody was stupid enough to try to break in his hotel room that weekend. I remember, like, I wouldn't want to try to get find Fred the Hammer sitting in a bed. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> 
<laughs> he's coming in on you, but uh, it was the it was the boom days, and I got to be really really close with a lot of the local video stores. Um, yeah, and I kind of knew who had the best selection. And if I had to go on record, Cinema City. If you grew up in London, was like oh yeah, it was, was, it was, it was Cinema uh, City. Wow, Cinema well, City. We were in that had, film club, and we rented from him all the time. Yeah, oh, everything. Oh. Had everything. And he'd give us like these crazy deals, and like we could keep the tape for a month because we had to pass it around with, like four people. Right. Yeah. Like, right. Yeah. He, but he had everything. Had everything. Like I don't even know where he, like where he kept. He had like seventy five thousand. But he knew. VHS. He knew everything what he had. Yes, and, and where uh, it was. I've stayed in touch with him over the years, and I believe he's still sitting on a lot of it. Is he really? Well, he, he was selling to. it on Amazon. He for was a trying. While. He yes. was selling a lot of it on Amazon, and and kind of like what Jacob mentioned earlier with the film guys we talked to. Like he knew what he paid for it and remembered it all vividly. Like. He would show me some of his receipts, and we'd have a joke like back in the day, and 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 so mm-hmm. that, that's why I don't think he could ever like sell the stuff for for thirty forty cents. Like you know, you yeah. see the flea market, just it, just, at, it just was too much. But yeah, to, but you got to think with a guy rented it for four ninety nine, like seven hundred yeah. times over the time. <laughs> oh, yeah, he had that computer, that old bucket computer, yes. there, yeah. and yeah. he could tell. You could see how many times the tape went out at yeah. five bucks per. Like yeah. you made your money's worth. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was it was, the, it was a know? good time. I still yeah. love digging through because he had all all of them stacked like the boxes. Yeah. <laughs> All you could read was the spines, and you're yeah. like, yep. you're trying to go through and like, yeah. like walk down the aisle sideways so you could read everything. Yeah, some of them yeah. would be behind them too, and you'd have to like go behind them and look. Yep. And it was like yeah. it was so fun rummaging oh, through yeah. that store. It was, yeah. was, was a rummaging store. I was mm-hmm. sad to see that go. We actually shot a video in there before it yep. went. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, London had a lot, a lot of great video stores and video. What was, what was the one? We have that Video Flix one downtown. Video that, Flix had yeah. one on Hamilton Road, which was really good, and yeah. Uh, you know, even the first, like I was, uh, I worked at Jumbo for a few years, and we were lucky to get all these movies from the states, and so I was really oh. surprised, yeah, because they kind of went through the rating system, so mm-hmm. uh, like because they were just buying stuff in bulk, and by that time in the the business, the regulations were kind of a little more loose. You know, yeah. I don't think they were watching it as closely, but right. and when it started, everything had to have a rating sticker on it and yeah. everything else like that. They kind of got rid of that stuff as the as the years went by, but it was an uh, exciting time to see everything. Well, it really was, and to be our like our age at that time was phenomenal. Like, oh it, yeah, you could you can't you can't go back there. Like there, I mean, there in in London, there's still one jumbo video, and right. I still love going there, and it still smells like popcorn when you yep. go in. And you still, <laughs> you know, you still, but I can't. I don't spend the same amount of time as I used to. No, no. You know, it's not the same. It's not quite the same experience. Like you said, they don't have a big castle where all the horror movies are, and you have to go into this dark. It's not, you know, yeah. it's just not the same. But, uh, but wow, the memories are so good. Yeah. One so, more, one more of a funny yeah. story, which um, I was probably, I think I was in high school at least. I was older. But um, Bride of Chucky came yeah. out on video. Yeah. And I went to the store in Sturgeon Falls up north. And I said to the guy, I want to get a copy the day it comes out. I want I want a VHS tape. And the guy was like, it's 129 bucks, right? <laughs> and I was like, can I get it early? And he's like, no, you get it on release date. And I was like, okay. So what I did, and later on, James and I, over bonding and friendship, I didn't know that it had a name, what I did. <laughs> but it's called, gonna... it's called, what is it called? Popping the cookies. Popping the cookies. Is you, anybody ever pop the cookies? So what I would do is instead, I'm not going to pay 129 bucks for this movie. Yeah. yeah. So I'd say, you know what? I'm just going to rent it. So I would rent it. You take it home. You hook two VCRs up. You tape the movie onto another tape. But then you pop the cookies <laughs> and you put the recorded version into the tape that you return. Whoa! Wow. So okay. Okay. So yeah. then you keep the original tape. It's on. It looks like a blank tape, but 
They so have the recorded version. The cookies, are, are you talking the, about the, the, the reels? Tab? Be yeah, the film, the you, you film, open, the, the, you open the, it up, you the, take the, the magnetic. The VHS reels inside, the oh, magnetic really? tape. Yeah, so the you magnetic like literally tape disassemble the cookies. You yeah, disassemble yeah. the bottom of the pop tape. Pop the middle out. Yeah. You pop the, the two, the two wow. screws out. And you switch them. Wow! And then you, you take the, the recorded. Back. You give the store back the copy. Yeah, that you give the store amazing. back your recorded copy, and then you, <laughs> yeah. you keep the original. That is awesome. And that, that was the so... thing because you would see, like, you probably now when we explain it, you'll remember a lot of the tapes had those like metal tags on the side that said "This is void." If we're... yes, yeah. that yeah. was to try to prevent guys like us. Ah. From, yeah. and, but whoever uh, looked at those tabs anyway? Yeah, and, and uh, yeah, because when they were turning the movie at the end of the day, like they're just scanning it and throwing it. In the... Nobody's yeah. like yeah. taking yeah. it and analyzing. You don't know if you later. rent a movie and your kids are picking at the side of it in yeah, the car while exactly. you're taking it home and stuff. Yeah. Like would, that is yeah. the coolest. Why, why didn't I know about this 30 yeah. years ago? Yeah. Yeah. I've uh, never heard maybe, this before. Maybe we weren't hanging around the right. I guess not. I remember back in the day, like I don't know what what this was for, but I remember putting tape, like Scotch tape, over something on the V. Because I worked in the industry, I had access to this certain type of screwdriver. They would put the middle screw was like some three prong thing that you couldn't get at home hardware. Uh, and I had one of those screwdrivers. So I'd open that thing up. I always would brag. I could get in and get out and get that thing. Uh, Popping the cookies. And I learned yeah. it because I had gone to a blockbuster in the States and they had all this stuff that wasn't out in Canada. So I had this big bulky VHS camcorder that did playback. Uh, yeah. And then I rented the VCR, took it to my hotel room, rented all these movies, <laughs> popped all the cookies, returned all the tapes back to to uh, wherever I rented it from in Michigan. Yeah. And, uh, is and this is why Blockbuster went out of business. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and funny, it's, it was, and I don't want to make it sound like I do that all the time. It was just those certain titles. Yeah. What yeah. are we talking about? It was like they're overcharging anyway. That one generation made you think you were watching something. You'd have to be a real purist to like pop it in and go, this looks like a second generation yeah, tape. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, because yeah. after it had been rented a million times, like, you know, they all you look like anyway. They, they all yeah. started looking they all bad. Like that. All, all, the, all the copies of Purple Rain had a dropout of that certain scene. Yep. You know, so <laughs> like, it was the same. It was the same over and over. I can always blame you for that. <laughs> That's right. Well, if you had a good forehead VCR in those days. Yeah. <laughs> so I just wanted to, uh, once again, thank you so much, guys, for being on the show. Hey, Tell me when uh, Shock Stock is again. It's uh, this coming weekend, April 26th to 28th. At Ramada, at, at the Ramada, Ramada Inn, Inn. London, and if, Ontario. And if people want to get tickets or any information, where do they go? Just go to the door, and we'll hook you up. Or you can oh, go. Yeah. To, you can go to shock-stock.com and get your info, and you can buy tickets in advance, save a couple bucks. Perfect. Love it, love it. Thank you guys so much for being on the show, and we'll see you guys next time on uh, Loop and Larry. Guardians Gar of Geek. Guardians of Geek. <laughs> Sometimes I forget the name of the show. <laughs> see you later. Bye. Produced by Matthew C. Loop and Lawrence Simner. A Loop and Larry production. Bueller. He likes it. Hey, Mikey. Bueller. Bad news. Fog is getting thicker. And Leon's getting larger. Inconceivable. Brian's right. It's an elf. Wax on. Does Barry Manilow know that you raid his wardrobe? Oh, Captain. My Captain. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. Wax off.